welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue. You're the Cubs swept the Phillies in Philadelphia for the first time in 22 years, but you only saw it if you pay for not one, but two additional streaming services in addition to what, however you get Marquee Sports Network, MLB TV, et cetera. You know what? You know the drill. We'll talk about it all as we get into it. Home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs. I write about why streaming deals are bad for future viewership of MLB and more. And as always, I am joined by my co-host and partner in podcast crime, Danny Rocket. Hey, going, Danny? Uh, pretty good. I spent the weekend cleaning my house feverishly for guests. Uh, luckily for me, listening to these games on the radio, because uh, you can't really watch and clean at the same time, but you can walk around your house with Pat Hughes in your ears. And uh, so luckily I didn't have to deal with any of that stuff. And my house is sparkling beautiful. So I'm excited. Uh, Cubs sweep. I mean, I'm feeling great. I mean, I haven't felt this good all year. Cubs wise. I mean, yeah, the Cubs, the Cubs were great. I mean, that 15 to two victory, which I actually think of as a 16 to one Cubs victory. Cause one of those runs was a Kyle Schwarber solo shot. And frankly, I'm here for Kyle Schwarber hitting home runs against the Cubs for the rest of his career. Every time the Cubs play a team that Kyle Schwarber is on, I hope he gets at least a home run, maybe two. And I hope Jed Hoyer feels bad about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know. I, every time this happens, I think about how they just let him go for, for nothing. nothing. And couldn't, and everybody's like, well, they couldn't get a trade done. I'm like, well, how come the Red Sox, like five minutes later, could do it? You know, I, I just, I don't understand why the Cubs could never trade it. Where they just, they must have been asking for too much, right? Surely, surely their idea of what their players were worth and what they were willing to do, and they just did not align with the market. And I think what really happened here is that everybody saw the time table for the Cubs and when it would collapse this like it it wasn't a secret right that like all of these team friendly arbitration all these kids were going to hit arbitration at the same time and get paid at the same time all these kids were going to run out of their uh their contract time with the Cubs and hit free agency at the same time and so they knew that the Cubs didn't have a strong hand here to play in terms of holding out for deals and rather than take like one deal that maybe wasn't optimal and do an optimal deal later and, or get an extension done or anything. They just kind of waited on all of them till the last minute, which is why they either non-tendered them like Kyle Schwerber, which is just bananas, or they like traded them for a bunch of like high upside 19 year olds and hoped. <laughs> and look, a couple of those are working out. Okay. Like the Pete Crow Armstrong thing is working out. Okay. But I haven't heard a lot about the dudes from the Darvish deal that I was supposed to be so excited that there were seven of them or whatever. Like, you know, the last thing that I just read about Reginald Preciado is that how far down he moved on Fangraph's prospect list, because there's a pretty big hole in his swing and that doesn't seem to be fixing itself. Now, admittedly, the kid is 19 and at like low A ball, so he's got some time. But it's also one of these situations where it's just like, I don't want to be snowed anymore. I'm sick of this front office acting like, oh, yes, we're doing the best for the team. We want to win baseball games. You do not. You want to sell $12, tickets. $15 beers and ticket full price tickets and be a corporate event venue. That's what you want to be. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they want to be. I don't know if Cub fans will necessarily let them be that. But, yeah, the, the pedal is not on the baseball gas. That's for sure. 
And uh, yeah, and prospects are prospects. I mean, it's it is funny, and a lot of people are saying this right now. And on the rant around table last Thursday, which thank you for being a part of. Like, man, I love those shows when we get to talk to everybody. But it was it was said a lot on there that you know people, and I know Dom, the director of morale, has been big on this. Uh, this concept of the fact that a lot of maybe younger fans or delusional fans that haven't seen years and years and waves and waves of this guy's going to come up and everything's going to change prospects uh, that, you know, they don't always hit. And we happen to live in a time when we tanked, got all the best number one uh, drafts you could get. And then they all managed to hit, including Wilson Contreras, who wasn't even on anybody's radar in a Christopher Morelli way. So uh, they all hit and they all hit it once and we won the World Series. So people are just seeing that as the way you do it. And I don't think that's true. Um, it, it That worked the one time, but it's not going to work. It, that's not if every if that just worked, everybody would do it. And they were trying that for a while. The Astros did it. Um, they were able to do it. But it, it, it's just it's not the way it is. You really need to have dependable players on your team that are road proven and you know have been out there and are dependable and I wonder and let me ask you this the the Phillies we saw them and we swept them now they went and they got Nick the stick and they do have Kyle Schwarber and they went and got Jake Arrieta a little bit ago after we used them all up and I'm just wondering like if the Cubs had re-signed a bunch of the Blue Friday guys are you just and spend a lot of money? Are you just the Phillies? No, I mean, yeah, that's a valid point. I mean, I was just on um, shout out to Justin Mason, who hosts Potapalooza. It's a two day long, all day Saturday, all day Sunday podcast extravaganza for the fantasy community. And I was just on there talking about the trade deadline because that's what Cubs people talk about these days. Um, but yeah. the uh, you know, one of the things that we were talking about was the Rangers and and like the Rangers did the same type of thing the Phillies did, right? They went out and signed a bunch of guys for a ton of money uh, who are kind of old, right? Like they spent almost half a billion dollars, committed almost half a billion dollars to Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. And that Rangers team is not good. Like the Rangers should probably trade Martin Perez. He's like their only asset that they have a one-year deal on and they should try to flip him for anything. And it, and it really doesn't seem like they're going to do that. Like they're kind of stuck in the middle, right? They are stuck in the, well, we spent all this money and our fans want us to win and we still don't have a plan to win. So what do we do? So I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that the Cubs should just willy nilly go out and spend a bunch of money and that will fix everything. That is clearly not the answer. However, right. the best teams in baseball and, and to be clear, the Phillies did that too. And I don't think that's working. Although the Phillies are a little bit different because the Phillies have, some homegrown pitching talent, right? Like they've got Aaron Nola there. They've got that um, uh, Zach Wheeler is a great, you know, pitcher, oh, yeah. pitching talent there who I don't think the Cubs saw this weekend, but Zach Wheeler is pretty impressive. Like they've got some solid pitching. What they needed were some bats. And unfortunately they invested in all the bashers who can't play defense. Oh my God. <laughs> incredibly <laughs> problematic, right? Like we didn't see Bryce Harper this weekend because he's hurt and that makes their defense much better. But like when you don't have Bryce Harper in that outfield and it is being manned by Nick, the stick and Kyle Schwarber, whew, that is yeah. a rough, that is a rough outfield, my friends. And I, and they did. So they like invested in all those home runs in a year where MLB is clearly messing with the ball, where the humidors are messing with the ball. 
And all of a sudden, you've got a situation where it's like, man, that Phillies defense is it, it, Danny. I I thought the Cubs defense was bad. It, it is not as bad as the Phillies defense. Yeah, I mean, and it's just so no. I mean, they're pretty equally bad. I mean, <laughs> we don't we there's enough badness to go around defensively between these two teams, and we kind of saw that on display. Uh, but you know, I would take the bad defense for. 30 home runs like, you know, Kyle Schwarber hit his 30th on the first pitch that the Phillies saw this uh, this weekend. And, you, you know, you look at and he strikes out a lot. He's batting 200 like he's basically he's basically Patrick Wisdom. So I'm not but with more home runs. With, with a lot more home runs, because what Patrick Wisdom has, what, 18 or something like that. And he strikes out a million times. But like. I mean, and they, and Patrick wisdom is a lot cheaper. Not that I care. It's not my money, but I don't know. It's like, it's, I think part of the Philly problem is maybe the fans. I mean, look at their booing. Nick, the stick is talking after the game about I, I I'm deaf. I didn't hear the booze. And I mean, although it's, in it's, Nick's defense, that reporter, that's a dumb, like Nick is correct. That is a dumb question. Like the question was when you're at the plate like that, do you hear them booing you? Like, of of course. Thank you for reminding me of the thing that was terrible that just happened. You, like, what kind of question is that? It's a Danny. Philadelphia question is what it is. Listen, <laughs> I live a trash in, question. I, I know we probably don't have a lot of Philadelphia listeners. We might have a couple that are listening right now. And I'm sorry for what I'm about to say. But I've lived in Philadelphia on two different occasions for three months each time. So I've spent six full months in Philadelphia working, doing shows, living there. And I can tell you that it is one of my least favorite cities on the planet. The I mean, they booed Santa Claus. Okay, you know, I mean, the Eagles victory parade was nothing short of like a a riot. I mean, the place is the I don't know what it is about their fans. I mean, they 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 had a guy who one time barfed on a 10-year-old girl. Like, look up the story. Just put Philly's fan vomits on girl, and you will find it instantly. And it's this dude. He ended up with a black eye in his mugshot because the dad that was sitting next to the girl was a cop, and he punched him in the face. And guess who did not get charged with assault on the guy that vomited on the, on the kid? The cop. You know, go figure. But it's just the fans. I was there. I was there one time. My niece, uh, She. I brought her. She was a Mets fan. She loved David Wright. And so I, when I was living in New York, I was like, oh, I'm going to bring her to some stadiums. So we went out to Philadelphia one day and, and I brought my niece out there so she could see the stadium. Well, the the Mets lost in the ninth. OK, we lose the Mets lose the game and she's you know sad. And I'm like, they hit a walk off home run. I'm like, all right, let's get out of here. So we're trying to get out from the upper deck and Phillies fans, which she was all wearing Mets gear. Phillies fans were screaming at her. She's 14 year old girl screaming at her. And I'm like, you know, this place, and I already knew this about Philadelphia. I'm like, these people are terrible and they're booing their own players. You know, I know we like booed Marmol and we booed, you know, we boo like lack of hustle. I know Jason Hayward's heard some boos, uh, which I don't like, but I don't like when we boo our own players. They only, I only don't mind lack of hustle booing, but the Philly fans, they just boo everything. I mean, they just, they don't discern. They just boo their play. They get, just get out and the Philly fans don't like it. Boo. And you got to think that that kills morale for the players. I mean, you know, 
Nick the Stick. I mean, they lost that game six to two in extras, and it was a tough loss. He struck out at a big moment, and it, you know he was already sad about it. And the pr- reporter is a jerk. You know, I mean, it's got to kill morale. Yeah, I agree that it would be very difficult to struggle in a place like Philadelphia. I, yeah. I, I, I think that New York does this a little bit too. Like the Mets and the Yankees have been known to boo a guy for having a bad week or a bad couple of weeks. I have been fortunate enough to be fans of teams where it takes a lot for before a player gets booed in Chicago or in Boston. Like, don't get me wrong, in Boston in particular, like the sports pages will complain and criticize and whatever and it will not be fun but they also are probably not going to ask you did you hear the booze they might ask you like some question like i don't know it must be uncomfortable when the fans aren't with you while you're struggling how are you working through that but did you hear the booze is a dumb question (laughs) like i was kind of with nick i was like yeah i wouldn't answer that either yeah well it's brash and it's rude and it's it's designed to get a rise out of him in a very TMZ way. And he got a rise and it turned into a fight. And, and, you know, I mean, it's just, but the team is in disarray. I don't know if you saw Jonathan Papelbon's comments uh, on the team about how that they're never going to win. And the whole place is just, he literally called it an, an S show. And, uh, and you know, he, 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 it's, it's just, he talks about the injuries. He talks sometimes about the, and maybe that's from having older players, but maybe he's, that's a knock on their medical teams, um, not being able to stay on the, the, the lack of developing their own talent. Although we saw a couple of people like Aaron Nola, like you said, um, and uh, I believe Bohm. Yeah, Bohm came their from their guys. system for sure. Yeah. So, so did Hoskins. Like they've got yeah, some guys. They've got some guys, but like, you know, but all in all, it's like, you know, you saw that ball go under Bohm's meat mitt uh, over at third base. And, it, you know, he's kind of a butcher over there. Uh, and then, but the, the team as a whole just, just looks like they're not on sure footing and they really do have the, if you look at them on paper, they look like a team that could uh, be, compete, but they can't. And the Cubs swept them and it's a small sample size of what we just did to them. Two games were super tight. And the other one was a freaking massive blowout. And I kind of was expecting at least one game like that coming out of the all-star break, but it looked like the Cubs were raring to go and Philadelphia was not. And when you have a team like that, who's not raring to go, uh, I mean, vibes, man. I mean, I I know people (laughs) discount them. I know they they discount them. No vibes matter. The players will be the first ones to tell you they matter. And that's, you know. Let's talk about these games one at a time. Yeah. Uh, the 15 to two blowout was super fun. Wilson Contreras had hit his 14th home run. Uh, Seiya Suzuki hit a home run. Nelson Velasquez hit two home runs. Cause why not? One of them was off a position pitcher pitcher. So, you know, well, like, count it, don't count it, whatever. Suzuki's was too, I believe. Oh was yeah, you're right. Yes, it yeah. was. It was also off Garrett Stubbs. Uh, but this was fun, man. It was fun to see the Cubs come out and do some damage and just not look back after they started scoring. You know, they put one run up in the fourth, they put six runs up in the fifth, and then it was it was just fun times for the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. And I don't really count the last five runs at the end because they were off Garrett Stubbs. But yeah, Velasquez has been a bit of a revelation. Um, so he hit two home runs in this one and then uh, one more in the series. And so he's 
coming in hot uh, after a pretty slow start, I'd say. Um, but he hasn't had a lot of playing time. Uh, he's another one, by the way, that I would mark of like, I don't know what's happening with Jason Hayward if we ever see him play baseball again. But he's one of those ones that I would rather watch play and see what happens as opposed to ever watching Jason Hayward play baseball again. You know, uh, Jason Hayward yeah. is injured, Danny. Yeah, injured. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's one that I've been enjoying watching and just kind of see. Let's see what we got. You know, like, why not? Um, but yeah, the, the Phillies defense in this one was embarrassing. I know that the, it kind of unraveled there in the, what was it? The sixth that they scored all the fifth. When did they score all the runs? I just flipped the page. I think it was the, uh, it was the fifth they scored in the, in the Zach Zaidman fifth. They, they scored, they scored six. six runs in the fifth. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was pretty impressive. I don't think the Cubs besides the 21 run drubbing of the pirates we haven't seen a whole lot of these lopsided games in our favor (laughs) so it was kind of nice to see especially when we've been playing so tight against good teams for a long time so yeah it was cool i did not expect them to win this game let alone sweep but yeah 15 runs that's a lot of fun i am intrigued by nelson velasquez i took a look at his power numbers in the minor leagues this weekend just to see if this was fluky or real he has some serious power. Uh, now he strikes out a lot. He is currently putting up an MLB K percentage of 32% of the time. That is Patrick mm. wisdom esque. Uh, it's, it's not, it's a little high, um, but his, his ISO, which is just a raw power metric um, in triple a uh, last season was two Oh three in double a, it was four thirteen and 290 in back-to-back campaigns. I mean, Nelson Velasquez hits the cover off the ball. For reference, a solid ISO is basically anything over 150. So when you start getting into the 200 range, that is freak power. And when you start clearing what he's at in MLB right now, and admittedly, small sample size, 75 plate appearances, but his current ISO is 290, which is not supposed to happen. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's the power that you're noticing too. With a guy like that, it kind of gives me a little bit of uh, uh, what guy? What's his name? Uh, oh, Sorlaire. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of like raw power, hey, except for I mean, Velasquez hasn't been injured. That's the main difference is <laughs> about him and Solaire. Is like Solaire spent a lot of time, um, you know, nursing his injuries. But yeah, this this guy's cool. I want to see him, Pedge. And then here's speaking of new guys, uh, who the hell is Eric Oleman? <laughs> I, mean, I was just like, whoa, did you see this guy came into the end of this game? No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's look at the box score. Oh, like, you mean the pitcher? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I have not been keeping up with our Iowa shuttle moves. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on with Eric Oleman. Well, every time I talk, I see a game with, with my mom and, you know, she listens on the radio, but you know, this one, like who the hell is paying attention closely to a 15 to two game in the ninth. And then all of a sudden we win. I'm like, yeah, we win. But I had no idea Eric Oleman was pitching, nor had I ever heard of him. Yeah. So- <laughs> uh, the Cubs, Cubs are hiding some guys down in AAA and AA, just going to bring them up at, at random. Apparently speaking of pitchers though, I do want to give a shout out to Justin Steele who threw a really nice start in some pretty terrible conditions uh, in Philadelphia this weekend. It was hot. It was humid. The ball was bouncing. Um, He threw five innings, gave up that one home run to Schwarber on the first pitch of the game, which was sort of a bummer because Justin Steele was like in the running for the all-time longest 
stint of throwing four seam fastballs without giving up a home run on them and then like promptly lost it on that first home run to Kyle Schwarber. But five innings pitch, four hits, one run, uh, walked four. So that wasn't great. Two strikeouts. Like definitely got out of there unscathed. I thought it was an okay start for Steele. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of those John Lester starts when, you know, he just battled and you're like, man, that was not a great start for John. That was tough. And then you look at the box score and it's like, oh, one run, <laughs> you know, it worked out okay. But yeah, the strikeout numbers weren't really there. Only two K's in the five. And uh, so Philly's a pretty good contact team. Um, they only struck out four times in this whole game. So that's in this day and age, that's that's nothing. And so um so did the Cubs, by the way, only struck out four times. But the uh, yeah, it's uh, steel. I mean, it was OK. He danced out of the fire. Yeah, the, these, are great, these are great starts. This is a great experience for him. Like I'm yeah. 89 pitches like, you know, you wish it, it was, you know, he's, you know, Michael Cotton said it last night to me uh, on the Sunranto show. He's like, he's like, this guy is a number four starter that we're treating like he could be a one, two. And I think that's right. He's part of those like you know, uh, what is it? Low ceiling or no high floor guys. Yeah, no steel is great. So is Keegan Thompson. They are being asked to do way too much for this team right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You want those guys as like your three and five guy. You don't want them as like, Hey, you're going to anchor the rotation for an entire year. (laughs) Exactly. So, and they're doing uh, great. I mean, cause I mean, steals the ERA is over four. You hope that comes down and if you get into the threes, then you're like, ah, all right. Okay. You know, but yeah, the second game was kind of interesting. We got to watch Manfred baseball. Um, Cubs put up a one, put up one run in the second. The Phillies put up a run in the seventh, and then nothing happened until the tenth inning when the Cubs finally, finally cashed in the Manfred man. Danny, what did you see in the second game? Well, can I talk about the Manfred man first? Because it's that crazy, it's that crazy uh, contact play. It was one to one. And then you get the Manfred man. And uh, I think it's hilarious because it's like Nico steals third, but Nico also hit that home run too. And he's the reason. Nico Horner is great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I love Nico Horner. Like he's having a, maybe not a sneaky great year because people are noticing, but he's just having an awesome year. And I'm like, Ooh, is he, is he Ryan Sandberg? Please be Ryan Sandberg. That would be great. But uh, no, the him scoring on that play, like that's where you're taking advantage of the Phillies, terrible defense, just knowing that the odds that that throw is going to be offline and Nico is going to score on that play. But that is not, that's not a, uh, a ball that I think normally most people score on. If the, the throw is anywhere near good, he's threat slide, slid to the outside part of the plate, got his hand in there. It was a great slide. And, uh, you know, it, it, but it's just that thing. It's it's by design. The Cubs are going to go no matter if it looks like you're a dead man walking or dead man running, running down that third baseline. You're just that ball is hit and you're heading home. And it seemed ill advised at the moment. It really did. And but he, he got in. But it's. um I don't know how many times are we going to see. I mean, that's the one time it worked out of 15. I mean, we're, we've watched, you know, that's all I'm saying. It's just like to see it work. And when I saw him going, I was like, oh, man, here we go. He's going. He's going to be out and we're not going to score it again. But, you know, it, it just takes a terrible defense like Philadelphia's. Was that hit the bone? I don't know. I was, I'm going to blame everything on Bohm because he was just terrible. I just there. think you like saying the name Bohm. I do. 
I do. <laughs> so, but so, so I thought that was that was fun. And then the floodgates opened up, and then the Phillies self destructed. You know, Bodie got a hit, Morrell got a hit. It was just like it was the hit parade going. Uh, you know, the ball went under a boom. Yeah, this did was boom. The, the ball went under his mitt. Morrell scored. They just kept adding on. And then this was the the idea, like how the visiting team like has the advantage in Manfred Manball because we scored a bunch. So we don't have to throw David Robertson out there. Now we can keep him for the next day. That's correct. And so we can just throw out Hughes, who pitched at the end of this one, who you probably don't use in a high leverage situation if you just maybe score the one. Well, David so, Robertson did pitch in this game. He oh, was he did. The, okay. He pitched in the ninth, I think, but he was pitching to hold the lead. Not to, he's, he's the pitching. he's listed as the winning pitcher in this game. So oh I, right, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So he he did pitch in this game, but I agree with you. You don't have to throw David Robertson out there for a second inning. You can save him or for the next Givens day or and, whoever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of the next game, this is a Cubs four to three victory. They eked out over the Phillies. I was listening to this one on the radio because I am not adding Peacock to my repertoire in order to watch Cub like one Cubs game and a handful of Notre Dame games. Like I'm just not doing it. I absolutely refuse. Uh, I did have Apple on my, I do have Apple on my TV at the moment only because apparently it was free with like my T-Mobile subscription or something. So I was like, okay, fine. If it's free, I will, I will figure out how to get this thing on there. But as soon as it's not free, I'm out. I, Danny, what do you think about the fact that MLB is just like making you, they're just balkanizing their whole product and putting it out on as many places that they can get quick cash from as possible? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to subscribe to any of this garbage, but um, I'm a radio guy, so it doesn't affect me all that much personally, but it gives me hope that eventually the blackouts are going to die. And because I know we're going to get, I guess, the streaming service, Uh, possibly we're going to be able to pay to get marquee as a standalone. It's what I heard rumored. Um, That's got to happen. I mean, or MLB.TV needs to just l- lose its blackouts. Uh, uh, you know, if they want to black us out from like the ESPN game or something like that's been happening for years. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's annoying because here's the thing. People can't find it. Like people aren't as tech savvy as that. And they're not going to go through the whole rigmarole of getting putting in their credit card to watch one baseball game. Now, would they... If it was easy enough to like, like just Venmo you a dollar to watch it, yeah, people would pay a dollar a game. But why are they making it hard? The whole freaking point of Marquee in the first place and what they sold us on was that, oh, now it's all going to be one place. Remember, it was on WGN and ABC and, you know, and it was. It was all over the place. And now it's, and then they were like, it's going to be one place, one home for your Cubs content. And no, that's not the case. It's all over the freaking place again, except for even harder to get because before I used to be able to turn on my TV and I literally have rabbit ears. I'm dating myself, but they work. You can get a bunch of great. You can watch old Andy Griffiths all day long with rabbit ears if you want. Um, And I don't understand why if they can't put it on there. Put it on so, the rabbit ear station too. But, but go back to WGN for Christ's sake if you want to, you know, like so. I want to I want to give Al a shout out here. He wrote an article on the mark on the Peacock broadcast, and and for the record, like Jason Benetti apparently called that game. I love Jason Benetti. I'm sure that was great. But he put a poll on there just to ask people, hey, what's your grade of this broadcast? And of course, one of the options has to be I don't have Peacock, and another option is I had Peacock but I didn't watch it. 
So 622 Bleed Cubby Blue readers have voted in this poll so far. It's still live on the front page. If you if you want to go add your voice to the to the to the to the masses there, forty four percent of people who read the site, which is you know Cubs fans, these are people who check in on every single Cubs game, so who cared enough to look at the article. Forty four percent, two hundred seventy five of the six hundred and twenty two people don't have Peacock, and nine percent, another fifty seven, have Peacock but didn't watch it anyway. That's 53% of the total respondents either don't have it or didn't watch it. And then there's some greats. Like, this is not increasing your viewership. I got a poll from MLB over the weekend asking me my opinions as a fan. And at the end, it was like, we may ask you for more insight if you're willing to share. And I'm like, sure, and put my email in there because they're not going to ask me for any more insight. But like, honestly, one of their questions was about all this, do you stream? Have you streamed on any of these platforms in the past seven days? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, buddy, you do not understand. You don't get this. Like, you do not no. understand that nobody is adding a streaming service for one baseball game. And streaming doesn't mean, like, if I stream Netflix because I want to watch Umbrella Academy, that doesn't mean I want to watch Cubs games there. That's not how any of this works. Yeah. Yeah. And you might sign up for the free trial and, you know, I guess maybe the best they could do is to you forget to uh, cancel it. I think that's what they count on, that you're going to sign up for this thing the one day for the free trial and then you're just going to cancel it. Um, Well, they have forgotten that Gen X knows how to. Did you get like those record deals, those CD deals when we were like teenagers that was like you get 10 cds for free and then you have to cancel it or else you get charged or whatever how many of my friends cashed in on the 10 cds for free deal and then just canceled immediately i know i did oh yeah well i mean i got the 10 and then i would forget and then they'd send me like billy joel's river of dreams or something like i don't want this (laughs) you know like what the hell and then uh, i'd be like and then they'd be like all right that was 20 dollars," and you're like no it's not and you just didn't pay and then you know 20 years later, your credit's fine again. <laughs> it's kind of how that worked for me. But uh, yeah, yeah, I signed up under different names, actually. <laughs> I, 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 I put You're like- my name, put a fake name, just said it to my address. Like, no, I scammed that. The Columbia Records and Tape. Yeah, Club, that's what it was. Columbia yeah. Records. That was great. Yeah. Um, I so- scammed them big time. Yeah. But yeah, the Cubs swept the series. Uh, we are going to head into a quick break. We're going to talk about the Pirates series on the flip side, we're going to talk about the impending trade deadline, or as I call it, impending doom, hanging over this Cubs team. Uh, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. All right, we're back. This Pirates team looks nothing like the Pirates team we saw just a few weeks ago, so it's going to be kind of interesting to talk this through. I've got to say, as I was going through the hot hitters, and we can talk about the probable pitchers first like we always do, but as I was going through the hot hitters, I was like, Jake Marisnik's on this team. What is going on? But apparently Jake Marisnik's on this team now. I don't, I don't know how that happened. Um, Daniel Vogelbach is one of the leaders, one of the hottest hitters in the past month, and he is definitely a Met now. So there's a bunch of stuff going on here that is super weird. Uh, but we can talk about um, this Pirates team headed to Wrigley for a quick two-day set. Who decided that it was a good idea for the Cubs to play three games in Philly, two games in Chicago, and then four games or whatever it is in San Francisco, that's like the worst possible schedule. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, they're like, well, we're trying to cut down on travel. I'm like, oh, yeah. So they're going to make them go from the East Coast to the West Coast with a stop in the Midwest. I mean, it's just it's it's kind of like a, a bad layover. 
<laughs> is what it feels like in Chicago. Hopefully they won't treat it that way. Who, when have you ever heard of a two game homestand? Two game homestand? What the hell is that? That's insane. And also, two games are dumb. That's not a series. You know, just get rid of the four game sets. I know what they're trying to do. It's called just play three games every time. Why are they being weird for no reason? It doesn't make any sense. Like, uh, it's just so, I don't get it. I just don't understand what they're doing. Like, they could do it that every Monday was an off day for everybody for makeup games. Play six games off on Mondays. They could do that. It makes too much sense. No, we want to have this weird unbalanced schedule where we have two games here, four games there. We have five game series because of the strike uh, this year. I'm like, what is this? They, they used to do that in like because of train travel. They used to do that in like 1908. <laughs> you know, that they'd have these five game series because they didn't want to travel everybody so far. And, uh, you know, I, it just doesn't make any sense to me how they do any of this scheduling. It's so dumb. We had another series. Didn't we play Milwaukee and then L.A.? Yeah, something weird like that. Yeah. Do you remember like back in the day when you would go to the West Coast for like 10 days, you'd play the Padres, you'd play the, the Dodgers, and you'd play the Giants all that week and a half, and then you'd come home. That makes too much how sense. It was. That was back when the schedule was made by human beings. There used to be like this couple that made the MLB schedule and like made it work, and now it's like robots and computers and the – I, I don't know, man. Oh I, I just think that the human beings were better at this. Um, so the Cubs will play two games against the Pirates. I will say this for this particular two game series. I am very grateful for it. It is the last two games uh, before the trade deadline that will happen at Wrigley Field. And you better believe I am going to be in the stands hoping to cheer for Wilson Contreras one last time. Yeah, I'm going tomorrow um, with my whole family. And it's kind of a sad thing. And I, I hope it's not the situation where like, that's just his scheduled off day. Like they pulled with the blue Friday guys where we didn't really get to see them and give them the cheer. Um, he was off yesterday. So I'm yeah. hoping that he was off yesterday so that David Ross can play him in both of these games because, well, I, I have tickets tonight. A friend of mine won some tickets at a charity event and asked me if I wanted to go. And I was like, uh, yes, absolutely. So I, I'm going tonight. With a friend of mine, and um, I, I, I tentatively, I, I preemptively put a half day of PTO on my schedule for tomorrow. I am going to wait until I see the lineup, and if the lineup has Wilson on it, then I am, I'm going to head over there and just hang out with the Cubs and Wilson Contreras one more time. <laughs> well, <laughs> come hang out with I me mean, I might cry. Or... I might cry. Honestly, I, I, I'm very upset about this. I think it is foolish. I told my mom, she's 83, and uh, I told her that uh, Wilson Contreras was definitely going to get traded within the next week. And she goes, well, why would they do that? And I, well, you know, she doesn't understand the whole, his contract's ending. Well, she does, because I told her, you know, well, his contract's ending, so they just got to flip him. She's like, well, they should just give him a new contract. <laughs> I was like, yeah, everybody really agrees with you, Bob. But, like, she says it in such a disgusted way, because most people aren't understanding all the intricacies of the game. They don't care. They don't care. They just want to watch the players they like. And that is the, the miscalculation that the Cubs have been employing in this, like, Oh, it's, this is baseball. Let's turn them. There'll be a new core and here's new guys to love. And I think that's true. Everybody loves Christopher Morrell, but you've got to keep some guys on your team and then introduce us to the new guys. You can't just totally, you know, 
who the hell is this guy? Who the hell is that guy? Like nobody likes that. And you're not say my, you know, even your, and I won't even call him a fair weather fan. I'm talking about good Cubs fans that just don't care about the business side of it at all. They just want to go to Cubs game and sing, go Cubs go and hope they win. You know, those are great Cub fans and those are most Cub fans and you're screwing them over by taking, ripping the heart out of the fan base every single day or every single year. Yep. Totally. I couldn't agree with you and your mom more. I just give him a new contract. I agree. Uh, probably not going to happen. Let's talk about some probable pitchers um, for this series. It looks like the Pirates are going to throw out JT Brubaker and the Cubs will counter with Adrian Sampson. Uh, tomorrow's day game will be Bryce Wilson and the aforementioned Keegan Thompson. These, uh, these appear to be eminently winnable games on paper. <laughs> well, except for that JT Brubaker has freaking had his way with us this year so far. So, and he, and I, I did look him up. He, he, um, shut out Miami through seven last time he went out there. So it, it, I talked to my friend, Brian, uh, he's a great big pirates fan. Yes, they exist. And, uh, he, he told me, he goes, yeah, this guy's having a sneaky good year. And I think it's maybe just people aren't clocking him. So uh, I am a little scared of him. Bryce Wilson. I am not scared of at all. Um, we, we got uh, three runs off of him during a three inning, uh, relief appearance and he's got a 652 ERA. So it basically hasn't gone well for him any time that he's pitched pretty much all year. It's he's not a good pitcher. He's bad. He, he probably doesn't even belong on a team, a major league team anyway, maybe the Chicago dogs or something or somewhere in Korea, but um, yeah, not good enough. Uh, Samson. I mean, what are you going to say about him? He's overperformed. He's got a 334 ERA. Then nobody would have thought that that would happen. If I said, hey, Sarah, what's Adrian Sampson's ERA going to be at the end of the year? You'd say, who? That would be your first answer. Uh, and then your second answer would be like, I don't know, eight? Do you I know? think I would. No, I would have guessed 5.5 or 6. I think if it's eight, you generally get like booted out of the league. Um, true, true. And I, you know, I would have been thinking kind of middle reliever or something like that. But you're absolutely right. Sure. I would have I would have started with who. Uh, you know, it feels like the Cubs should be able to win these games. And it also feels like the pirates play the Cubs really tough. And I, in ways that like, I was thinking about this yesterday while I was watching Sunday night baseball, I was watching the Mets and Padres game. And that Mets team seems close to just like hitting that next tier of real elite baseball teams. You know, in my opinion right now, you've got the Yankees, the Astros and the Dodgers are kind of a cut above every other team in baseball. And then the Mets and Braves are somewhere right, like just a titch beneath them. And then you've got the rest of the contenders. You've got the Cardinals and the Brewers and the Padres and all. And there is a distinct difference between these, these subsets of teams. And from a Cubs fan perspective, the distinct difference is the Cubs can beat the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and the Cardinals and the, you know, Brewers, and they can make those games close and interesting. And they have no shot against the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Astros. Like, I mean, they haven't played the Astros this year, but I bet they would have no shot against the Astros. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, there's definitely inequality in the league right now. And you, you see it when you see these games going, going, I mean, and I don't know, sometimes the best teams don't end up in the world series for a variety of reasons. So, but it, you do on paper, it really does look like a Yankees Dodgers world series. Like we saw back in the early eighties, a bunch, um, yeah, the, the thing about the Pirates is I, I think that teams try to 
build themselves to beat the teams that they play the most in maybe I'm not, I'm wrong about that, but I mean, it would make sense that you try to do that. And I don't know how you do that except for just getting all the best players. But um, you know, for example, like let's say the Brewers are the favorite and they got a bunch of lefty power. Well, get yourself some lefty power pitchers to nail that down in the end of the game, you know, when you face them, because it's important to beat the Brewers, like specifically, that's a, a, just one example of what you might do. But the pirates, I feel like they're kind of, they're built to beat us in some ways. And I don't know if it's a fluke that we're five and eight against them. Uh, we beat them so badly that one time and then never won again. So after they remember they, that one like, time you know, was great though. <laughs> yeah. That one time. And then, the, but then they never won another baseball game for like the next two weeks. And then if you look at a team like pirates, like they're, they get blown out a lot. Their run differential is terrible. But they're ahead of the Cubs, and the Cubs have scored 64 more runs than the Pirates, yet they trailed them in the standings. So uh, they're playing seven games ahead of their Pythag because that's mostly done on uh, run differential. And and this is a team with, like, the third-worst OPS in the major leagues. So how are they doing it? Not with pitching because they got one of the worst bullpens and one of the worst starting staffs in the major leagues. They're doing it by winning one-run games. They're 15 and 12 in one run games. And they, you know, when they've got a lead, they've got enough horses at the back end of the bullpen to preserve it. And, you know, I, it's just, I don't know. They're, they're managing to win games. They're an emergent team. They got John Baker, former mental skills coordinator. And my friend as their farm coordinator. And you know how cool he is working with people and just like being a people person. I think he's he can get more out of these guys, uh, you know, leading that team than probably is there. And they got all the vibes in the world, that team, you know, talk about a team with no vibes, Philadelphia, and then a team with some vibes that are like starting to emerge like the Pittsburgh pirates or the Orioles who we saw, you know, these guys aren't going to stink forever. And we're kind of seeing that. So I, I agree. Well, on paper, we should win both of them. In reality, we have trouble beating the Pirates because of exactly what I just said. They've got yeah. young fun players, O'Neill Cruz. They got, uh, what's it get with the uh, key Brian Hayes? Exciting for them. Yeah. I, um, on Potapalooza yesterday, I was making the case that the Orioles shouldn't be sellers at the trade deadline. The Red Sox might be sellers at the trade deadline, and that opens the path for the Orioles to fight for that third wild card spot. And how fun would that be? Right. But you're absolutely right about this pirates team and the one run game situation. If they get a lead and if they have a lead in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, they have just enough bullpen arms to shut that down. And we have seen them do that against the Cubs, which is why they win all of the close one run games uh, whenever they have a lead against the Cubs and the Cubs win the blowouts. And so the Cubs have like these huge blowouts against the pirates but more losses. And I think that's an apt observation. Let's talk about some of these hitters. There's a lot of names here that I was like, what? This guy's on the Pirates? But that's because our friend Jake Marisnik, old old friend Jake Marisnik, who was traded to the Padres for Anderson Espinosa, who apparently is, is a pretty good major league pitcher out of the bullpen. And who knew? Like, I, I'm honestly, I love the Anderson Espinosa story. I wrote about that trade last year when it happened for Fangraphs, and I've been keeping an eye on it, and I want nothing more than Anderson Espinosa to have a great major league career with the Chicago Cubs. I think that would be an incredible 
story. Um, but Jake Marisnik over the last month, and admittedly, it is exactly 30 plate appearances. So he barely made my leaderboard. He has played nine games. He was coming off an injury from the start of the year. Jake Marisnik has, has a WRC plus of 203. He's slashing 357, 400, 714 in that nine game stint. He is absolutely on fire, Jake Marisnik. And you remember how he used to do that when he was with the Cubs. He would get super hot and just do the whole thing. Uh, and that's what Jake Marisnik is doing right now. So don't pitch to him. Uh, additionally, Brian Reynolds, who I think is on the injured list. You might want to look that one up, Danny. I don't think they're going to see Brian Reynolds here. If if he's not on the injured list, he just came off. He has WRC plus in the last month and change of 185. Daniel Vogelbach, who is no longer a pirate, did have WRC plus of 162. He is now a Met. Somebody named Jason DeLay, who I have never heard of, has a WRC plus of 159. A kid named Michael Perez, who I have also never heard of, has a WRC plus of 121. And that is it for the Pirates hot hitters at the moment. I think Michael Perez got traded. Oh, well, so Michael Perez isn't there anymore either. <laughs> well, it's fine. I, 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 it might not be true. Uh, yeah, he's traded to the Mets for cash. It, this is just it just <laughs> happened yesterday. Like, I just happened to see that. And I just happened to know who Michael Perez was because <laughs> I was looking up the Pirates because we're going to play him. Otherwise, I would have been like, who? Who? Do you know who Jason DeLay is? Can you help me out with that? <laughs> no. No, sorry. I don't, don't know who Jason DeLay is. Um, I don't know who a lot of these Pirates are, but. Um, uh, but they know. have vibes. I agree with you. They've got vibes. Hoy Park. Um, Yu Chang, Yu, uh, Tyler Heineman. I'm like looking up and down their team. They've had like 17 catchers already. Uh, this is like the Cubs last year. They've already had a bunch of catchers and, uh, Jason DeLay being one of them. Leover Peguero. Nice. That's a great Kanan name. Smith. N- okay. N- Kanan Smith is a Cardinals name. Well, it, no, it's, well, his first name is Kanan. And then his Which last is name is, car- yeah. Is Smith Najibba? Oh, maybe not then. N-J-I. No, the Cardinals would never. (laughs) Smith (laughs) Najibba. I mean, these are some names. Uh, The Cubs hot hitters at the moment. Christopher Morrell has been absolutely on fire in the last month. He has a WRC plus of 187 dating back to the last week of June. PJ Higgins has a WRC plus of 162. And I think that kid's going to see a lot more playing time. In the mm-hmm. near future, look, and I like PJ Higgins. PJ Higgins is is interesting to me. I'm I'm curious to see him get more playing time. Say Suzuki came back hot from the injury. Uh, he, his WRC plus is 150 since he came back. Nelson Velasquez, who we were just talking about, has a WRC plus of 124 in that same time period. Nico Horner right behind him at 123. David Bodie on this list of guys with a WRC plus of over 110 at 113. And you know what? I'm just gonna break my own rule and go one guy below. 110 just because one last shout out for old time's sake Wilson Contreras is on a is coming back a little bit after that little slump that he had headed into the all-star break his WRC plus in the last month and change is 107 mm-hmm. yeah the offense really hasn't been the problem um <laughs> you know they've they've been okay uh, even all year they they have a an average to above average offense sometimes they just uh, sometimes. they score a lot of sometimes. I mean they scored Remember when I told you that and when we faced the Dodgers, that we were both shocked to know that the Cubs had uh, had more hits than the Dodgers? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, what? We're on base more than the Dodgers? 
and we're still in fourth. Like, there's a lot that doesn't make sense about this team, except for the fact that the pitching has been hurt. And, like, it just makes you woulda, coulda, shoulda this team sometimes. Like, oh, if Miley was not hurt and Smiley hadn't gotten hurt and if Stroh hadn't gotten hurt and, you know. Hey, Smiley might have increased his trade value a little bit the last few games coming out, pitching, lights out. Right before like, the trade deadline, uh, Wade Miley, yeah. on the other hand, I think that he, he's going to stick with the Cubs through the rest of the season. Unless somebody wants to just take a flyer on him and what remains of his salary. I don't think the Cubs are going to get much back for him. I don't think that this I don't think that this plan of Jed's to flip one year contracts this year went quite as good as last year. Yeah, no, it did not, especially from the bullpen perspective. I mean, David Robertson, sure. Givens, probably you could. Um, Chris but- Martin's <laughs> trade value is declining. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but he, he's got a sort of a pedigree on him, you know, so I, I think, you know, maybe it could. But, yeah, he wasn't great uh, in this last series. But, but yeah, yeah they're going to try. <laughs> Let me tell you that much. I mean, they're going to try with all of them, and they might need to put together a package deal to make it happen. It could, you know, you, you could see that, uh, like, oh, and you're taking this guy off our hands, <laughs> you know, as well within this situation. So, it could be a money eating thing. You know, you might see some bad contract swip swapping or something happen in there because the Cubs do have room to add to payroll, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. It's not going to be, we're, we're certainly not buyers, but Hey, you know, in this division, you probably could be and make a run for the division. You probably could. You absolutely could. And you know, we, we did not get to talk about this on this show. We'll definitely talk about it uh, on an upcoming show, but I was stunned that the Cardinals are headed to play their series in Toronto and the Mm. Cardinals are half a game out of the division, like fighting for the wild card and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt are not making the trip to Toronto because neither are vaccinated. You're two, you're two best guys. Like you're two guys that have to make that trip. What are they going to do if the blue Jays are in the postseason? Like what are they going to do if the World Series is the Cardinals versus the Blue Jays, are, are Arenado and Goldschmidt just going to sit that out? Like, are you kidding me right now? Uh, yeah, well, it seems like pretty ridiculous. And then I saw that Michaelis said that uh, he wishes he wasn't vaccinated, that he had never taken it. What <laughs> is that? Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, I, 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 I hate the health care that I got. Well, and Arenado said it's it was about um, he, he was not going to get vaccinated because he wants to have children someday. And I'm like, well, guess what, bro? Like, it doesn't affect it. And that was Rizzo's excuse, too. And then Rizzo went to the Yankees and all of a sudden, like, his research was finished. <laughs> he was able to figure out that he should probably go to Toronto and play against the division rivals so his team can win baseball games. Um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Look at the Royals. They went up there with a bunch of minor league guys, and I think they got beaten all those games. Uh, man, it's it's ridiculous in this moment because we what you know what does kill your chances at having kids? COVID. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> getting guess. a bad case of COVID. Get long COVID and then try to have a kid. Good luck with that, Arenado, you idiot. And then uh, Goldschmidt, I mean, man, he's giving me real dumb jock vibes with this one. So I'm just, I don't know what to say. Like, I, I, they're not getting paid. They don't get service time. They don't care because they're cabillionaires. So I don't, you know, but yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't well, know what you do at this point. You know, it's also maybe a little stupid at this point of uh, Canada to be keeping this policy. Because the vaccines aren't even made for this variant. They show some promise 
in key in preventing serious illness amongst uh, vulnerable populations. But let's face it, these vaccines are not everybody's getting it anyway. So at this point, if you choose to remain unvaccinated, you you run the risk. Like my uncle ended up in the hospital for Ooh. three weeks because he watched Fox News too much. And now he got vaccinated. It's too late now. But um, and he's not coming on this. I told you I'm Kevin family in town. Guess what? He's not coming with them because he still feels like crap from co- having, getting COVID. So th- he's not coming. His wife's coming. His daughter's coming. But he's not coming. So, th- you know, anecdotal right there. But that's what is actually happening in real life. The man had COVID in December. This is seven months later. And he still feels like crap. He's tired all the time. And he doesn't eat the right things anymore because his body's all messed up. And like, that's, you know, go ahead, do your stupid research, Goldschmidt, you moron. So, uh, you know, just whatever. It makes me so mad. I'm like, just stupid. Get the shot, you idiot. You know, yeah, how, many, how much garbage do they put in their veins all the time? Well, I don't know about that. Stuff. <laughs> well, maybe not garbage, but you know, oh, the, the legal stuff, whatever. <laughs> I'm like I, I I don't know I don't I don't want to start any rumors about Goldschmidt and Aaron. Oh, look at him! Look at that neck. <laughs> On cup look- of cubby blue. But uh, if we find out if any of the Cardinals, any other Cardinals players, miss trips to Toronto or anywhere else for that matter, you will hear about it here first. On cup of cubby blue, the Cubs have a trip to make to Toronto at the end of August, and we'll find out who exactly can't make that trip on this Cubs team. I actually think the Cubs are going to be okay here because my, if I read this right, the minor leaguers were forced to get vaccinated. Like they couldn't make the major leaguers do it because it wasn't in the CBA, but the minor leaguers, they could just be like, it is a condition of your employment to get vaccinated. And I am fairly certain that like the vast majority of minor leaguers were vaccinated because of that, which means that since the Cubs will be a mostly minor league team, (laughs) By the time they head to Toronto, most of the Cubs should be fine. But if they're not, you'll hear about it here first. In the meantime, Danny, where can people find you and all of your baseball takes as we barrel towards the trade deadline? Oh, yeah. I'll be, uh, you know, at Sunranto on Twitter. Just follow me there. Sunranto on Facebook. Sunranto on Instagram. Sunranto, Sunranto, everywhere you look. Danny, I started a TikTok account, and I but I haven't put up any videos yet because I'm going to need Michael Cerami to teach me how to do uh, TikTok stuff. But your, my TikTok is at the same place you can find all my other baseball stuff, at BCB underscore Sarah. That is on Twitter, on Insta, on uh, TikTok now, apparently, when I finally figure out how to do this video business uh, and more. In the mean, And you can find everything about this show, including links to things we talk about here at the at Cup of Cubby Blue account. You can find my writing at Bleed Cubby Blue. Dot com And I will be writing about this pirate series, the trade deadline and more. So keep an eye out for it until next time. Bye.